0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. i we'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three,
1: two. Roll A, fade up on A. To the, to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, TGIF everybody, welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us this afternoon, wherever you may be listening, online or one of our Super Talk radio affiliates. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg, we're glad you're with us. Patrick McGee about to join us here. A big, big news day yesterday in sports. Going to be discussing all of that with Patrick. Ronnie Thornton, former football player at USM, scheduled to join us later in the program. Today's opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. It's Friday. It'll be a great night to enjoy some delicious Dickey's Barbecue. You can call it in and go pick it up. You can have it delivered right to your house or you choose to. You can go eat in the dining room. Uh, Any way you choose, we guarantee you the food will be good. It'll be fresh, and you will enjoy it. I hope that you'll support Dickie's Barbecue Pit. All right, Patrick, uh, normally with us on Thursday, we actually gave Patrick, I think this was the first day off we ever gave you, Patrick, uh, in the three and a half years you've been with us. But we knew you were vacationing with your girlfriend up in the Ozark Mountains, and uh, we just didn't have the heart to bother you. But the truth is, we just figured you didn't have any cell phone reception up there, Patrick.
2: <laughs> I spent much of the four days, you know, just kind of hoping that the GPS gets us to where we're going before we uh, run out of reception. It was, yeah, it was. <laughs> there was a lot of time I was working without cell reception up in the Ozarks.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Ozarks are the cell phone, cell phones are not the top priority uh, to many yeah. people who live up in the heart of the Ozark Mountain. Well, we're glad you had a good time and and we're glad you're back and man, oh man, oh man, huh? How, how much can uh, can happen in one day? I want to start right here in Mississippi Patrick and get your uh, input here. Dr. Andrea Mayfield, who is the executive uh, director of the Mississippi Community College Board, uh, announced today that the board will vote Monday and she says, quote, "It is very likely we will vote to move football." To the spring of 2021, are you shocked at that news, Patrick? Uh,
2: I don't know. Shocked is the right way to put it. It's you know it is you know surprising to see them kind of jump out kind of early on this, uh, just because it would be such a difficult move for the junior colleges. I was speaking with somebody this morning at one of the junior colleges in South Mississippi, and you know if you think about it, pretty much. Uh, the majority of these junior college guys are usually signed by December, mm-hmm. and and you know at the latest by you know early February. So, say you got a, a football season starting at some point in February. I mean, I I don't see, you know, I I can see maybe you know the the top seven or eight players from each team not being around anymore because they would have already enrolled and be taking classes classes elsewhere. So, uh, that's you know that's that's probably not a great sign for the bigger picture, uh, but it's uh, uh, it's it's going to be a difficult thing for the Mississippi junior colleges uh, with football season being such a big deal here and trying to squeeze that into the spring. Uh, it's not uh, 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 guaranteed yet, but it appears that's what's going to happen on Monday. But
1: also, the MAIS, which is the Private School Association, has announced that it will allow individual schools to opt out of fall sports without any... Uh, you know, without, without any penalty. And, and going back to the, to the junior colleges, Dr. Mayfield also quoted as saying, we're 100% open to school opening, but less than 100% to extracurricular activity. So we asked this question earlier this week. Are they one and the same, Patrick, or could you see a scenario where maybe the, the high schools and the junior colleges open classes up in the fall but elect not to play football?
2: It's a possibility, I think, in Mississippi. The uh, approach now that they're going to go forward is everything is, is is you know normal at this point. I'm sure that at some point they'll have to address attendance and how many people are going to let into stadiums. And they've discussed the prospect of moving uh, football back to spring, but uh, at this point, they you know they don't seem to be seriously considering that. That may that may change by the time uh, uh, August rolls around, but. It's just it's it's hard to. Un- I mean, it's football season is not that far away, and uh, unless you get creative and, and figure out a way that you can uh, guarantee yourself you're going to get it done, it's just, it's just going to be really difficult. And there's just a lot of chaos right now, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see the high schools eventually follow something similar what the junior colleges got planned.
0: All right, Luke. All this is, uh, I guess, Dr. Mayfield's announcement because uh, the NJCAA yesterday afternoon, about four o'clock, uh, basically set the stage for junior colleges across of uh, across the country. The NJCAA Presidential Advisory Council, along with the NJCAA President and CEO and Board Chair, have recommended that a majority of NC. NJCAA competition moved to the spring semester of 2021 patrick i guess my question is uh i, I read that as uh a, the majority that that's what they said football is a majority of any junior college athletic budget right. uh ticket sales all that i mean if if it's just a majority and not a unilateral move for all sport what would you keep in the fall
2: uh i you know i you know just like that, I spoke with somebody during college this morning i I think the idea is that you know pretty much everything would move uh i mean honestly i don't i don't i'm not sure when the golf season is uh that you have some sports to where it's possible uh to compete and and actually have social distancing and not have many issues so I, you know it would probably be some lower scale sports that they might not move uh but i mean i I think the expectation is that pretty much everything moves. Uh, to the to the fall, but I think maybe part of that is that they leave open the possibility that, say, football programs could gather for workouts and practices. So maybe that's that's part of what they're referring to. They they, they could gather during the fall.
0: Yeah, I know. It, I'm just thinking Jones College. You got soccer in the fall. You know they've won state championships the last last few years. It's just kind of frustrating uh, overall. And and we may get into this in the next segment also. Um, but, you know, Bob, the big announcement yesterday coming from the Big Ten, uh, the fact that the Big Ten is going to a conference only schedule. Uh, Patrick, Southern Miss fans need to uh, have their eyes open on that because uh, I think it was like MAC opponents yesterday. Are losing somewhere north of like twenty million dollars in contracts. How does that work? There, there's there's got to be a buyout. So we, we've got this year. Southern Miss has Auburn. Uh, the contract says Southern Miss would receive one point eight five million dollars. They would go to to Liberty. They would receive five hundred thousand. So if uh, that would be the SEC and um, and Liberty impacted by this, if Conference USA did the same thing, Southern Miss would be set to lose almost two point four million dollars.
2: Yeah, it's that's just a punch in the gut. That's uh, that makes up a big part of the Southern Miss athletic budget, and uh, you know, in the past when we've seen stuff like this happen, they they buy their way out of it, and/or they just reschedule it for another season. But uh, you know, I mean, it's I, I can't you know Southern Miss tries to avoid deals where they play say in Auburn and say uh, you know uh, in Arkansas or Texas A and M in the same season. In other words, have two of those big games and and uh, that may be what you know, comes of this, but Southern Miss has got to figure out some way uh, to generate revenue. And if, if you think about it, you lose the, the, the way the non-conference slate sets up for Southern Miss, you have South Alabama coming to town, you have Jackson State coming to town, you're going to Auburn and Liberty, which were both payday games. Uh, Liberty not as big, obviously, but still that's a nice check to go up to Liberty. Uh, South Alabama was going to be a good crowd. Uh, Jackson State was going to be a really good crowd. Uh, so if, if all these conferences uh, 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 cancel the non-conference competition and just make it all league games, uh, that hurts a lot of programs. But the, the schools that really hurt the most are the, group of, are the Group of Five and the FCS programs that really rely on these games uh, the, at Auburn and, and places like that to bolster the budget. So it's it's already a bit of a – you know, you get feeling it's a bit of a panic mode, and, and you could see potential lawsuits coming down the road.
1: Could you see uh, Southern Miss doing what some other schools, Stanford, for example, has done, uh, which is cut some of the lesser ath- a- athletic programs, Patrick?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I asked you know Jeremy McLean about that earlier summer, and that was he said that was well down the list of of options for them. Now it may be creeping up there. I hope to talk to him again pretty soon because obviously things are moving pretty fast. Uh, I mean, coming off vacation, you know, it seems like every week we're dealing with a different world and. Uh, by next week, you know, the OSM stance may have uh, budged a little bit on that, but uh, I, it won't be anything as drastic as what we see as a, as a Stanford if it does happen because, obviously, Stanford had sports to give. They really sponsored a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, okay. at, at Southern Miss, they, they don't have the – you know, I guess it's a luxury for Stanford that they can easily cut costs at Southern Miss. It's a little bit harder just to meet Title Nine standards.
1: All right, when we come back, I'll get Patrick's view on whether he – he anticipates Conference USA, the SEC, the Big 12, other schools following along the lines of the Big 10. Uh, what are the chances of that? And if that happened, of course, then there's a potential that Southern Miss could lose those games with South Alabama and Jackson State, uh, as Patrick discussed. Just everything everything changing almost hourly right now in the world of sports due to COVID-19. So there's plenty more to talk to the professor about on the other side of the break. Stay with us. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to
2: the Eagle Hour.
1: We're talking to the professor from the Biloxi Sun Herald, Patrick McGee, on a Friday afternoon. We're glad you're with us. Going to continue our conversation here in just a moment. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. You know they got the best selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere, household items, car accessories, everything you can imagine. Uh, You can now shop again in the store Monday through Saturday right across from the Southern Miss campus. If you prefer, you can go online to campusbookmart.net, and uh, they will deliver the stuff right to your front door. I saw last night that Luke Johnson, uh, Jody Lott, sent me a picture of the uh, soon-to-be-available bottles of dirt from Pete Taylor Park, and uh, I'll bet you'll probably be able to buy some of that at Campus Bookmart if I were a guessing guy. Uh
0: Yeah, it seemed like uh, he got a little preference because he has yeah, a, I know a the distinguished position. But, but yeah, hopefully I want to get some of that. I, I really thought it was funny in that picture. It says bottled and authenticated, and it actually has a date. So right. they know you'll not only get dirt from the peat, you'll know what date you got dirt from the peat. Pretty cool. And what, you and I
1: can hope that Jody remembers his buddies right when it comes time to uh, <laughs> hand out the bottles right. of uh, peat dirt. As, uh, as I guess you put it. All right. Talking to Patrick McGee, but Luxon here. All right, Patrick, uh, the Big Ten announces yesterday that – and this is pretty stunning stuff. They're only going to play conference football games. They're not going to play non-conference games if I've read that report correctly. So my thought then was when I read that, so do the other conferences start falling in that direction? And if Conference USA falls in that direction – and Southern Miss suddenly loses its home games, with, uh, which was a pretty attractive out-of-conference schedule this year with South Alabama, Jackson State. You add to that what Luke pointed out, the liberty and, uh, and money you would make from Auburn. Man, I'm going to tell you what, I-, I don't know that they've ever faced a financial dilemma like that would be, Patrick.
2: No, and, and that's why it's making uh, this upcoming football season make a little bit less sense uh you know especially for the group of five um it's it's if you can't make those games happen from a revenue standpoint uh the the, the athletic department is really really hurting and i don't see conference u s a really having the option of going all conference, making it worthwhile for its members uh because honestly i mean the the conference games have not you know drawn the biggest crowds to uh southern miss. So, I, you know, I, I'm of the belief that they, you know, don't necessarily follow along with the Big Ten, and I think the ACC and the Pac-12 are going to do the same thing. Uh, you know, figure out something. Get get some type of partnership with the Sun Belt or, you know, maybe even the American to where uh, you're able to set up more regional uh, games. In addition, you can maybe have uh, cut down the conference slate to, to four or five or six games that are workable travel-wise, then have maybe two to three games uh, from the closest uh, members from the the other you know the other partner conference, uh, like if southern Miss, did, you know if conference u s a did a partnership uh, with the sun belt for one season to where they could kind of put together nine ten game schedules uh, Southern miss could be playing louisiana lafayette and in South Alabama and possibly troy you know south alabama 's our right. schedule so uh, I, I think that would be workable and probably be a little bit easier on the bottom line uh, because it would put a little bit, few more fans in the seats just because there's better opportunity to travel. But at the end of the day, if you're already restricting uh, the number of people in the stadium, does, <laughs> uh, how much does that you know, really matter? So, uh, you know, like I think I told you a month ago, I had a pretty good feel for this, that they're going to try to move forward with the football season. Uh, how it would look, I don't know. My confidence has really dipped right. uh, that there's going to be an FBS season this year. You make a great point. At least point. in the fall. Yeah, you make yeah. a
1: great point too about a, a conference like uh, Conference USA. For example, say Southern Miss has a game at Texas El Paso. All right, that's a flying mm-hmm. game. You're gonna you have to fly out there. You got a social distance on the airplane. Now you got to rent or charter a much bigger airplane than you would have normally chartered if you're going to abide by the social distancing. And so your expenses go way up. Uh, you you don't have a crowd when you play them out there. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. a different world than. Then, if the SEC decides just to play their conference games, that's the point you're making, right?
2: Yeah, and, and to get around the, the social distancing and all that, you'd have to basically isolate your football team. Uh, you know, they practice, they go up to their dorms, don't go to any classrooms. The only way you can kind of avoid uh, and, and get around so, uh, uh, guidelines that are set is just the same thing that we see, you know, whenever MLB and NBA was trying to figure out how they're going to make this happen. How do we keep our athletes as isolated as possible to make this happen? And on the college end, I mean, that's really tough to do. Uh, That's what makes it even much harder for the colleges to make this happen, just because, you know, uh, the the athletes are kind of spread all over the place. They may be living in they may be off campus, they may, you know, you just don't know. So uh, on the college side, it, it just requires more money to make this work, and, the the dollars just aren't really adding up at this point, especially if you're only able to get 14. Say uh, you know uh, at Alabama, if you only get 18,000 people in the stand, I mean you're just you're you're hurting yourself. You're not making that much money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're still going to get TV money, but if you move it to the spring and, and there's a vaccine in place, and you know maybe at that point you're at half capacity or maybe even better. Uh, at that point, you're making money. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I think the spring is looking more likely at this point.
1: Luke Johnson, is it time to just say, hey, this is beyond our control? We're just not going to have football this fall.
0: I think that's probably the last option on the table for the SEC. I can see the Big Ten. I can uh, I can see the Pac-12. I thought the Pac-12, to be honest, guys, I thought they would be the first ones to pull it just because of the – you know what? What we've seen with other California schools, but Patrick, there's another there, there's another layer to this. If you go to conference games, I know specifically there was a guy uh, in in Iowa. He was pretty chapped that the Iowa State Iowa game won't happen by default. Mm. Um, and so, what that means is, if if college football, let's say we do have it and we and we don't have a conference, uh, we have conference only season because of travel. Florida State, Florida doesn't happen. Georgia, Georgia Tech doesn't happen. Kentucky, Louisville doesn't happen. South Carolina, Clemson doesn't happen. Iowa, Iowa State doesn't happen. But Iowa would still have to play Nebraska. Uh Clemson and Georgia Tech would have to go all up and down the the East Coast. And uh somebody's got to go out to College Station and play Texas A&M in the SEC. So I don't know how you're going to pull off a conference-only schedule when you travel anyway, and you're not going to travel your your next-door neighbor, who's your arch rival.
2: Right? Yeah, it's it's a weird deal when you have to rely on a conference-only schedule, and that's why it really my idea is that only works if you're in conference USA or in the uh, say in the big you know Big Twelve or ACC. ACC is really spread out from north to south. Uh, that's you know if you do go conference only that gives you flexibility you could you could actually have conferences that this is just my view uh you know if you want to get rid of all the bowl stuff and all that and maybe just delay the national champion until uh like uh April <laughs> you could potentially have some conferences play games in the fall if they really want to move forward with it, and then conferences move games to the spring. Uh, you know, I, I think that's highly unlikely. Uh, I think it's more likely that everybody eventually just tries to make it work in the spring, but it's, uh, yeah, you're giving up a lot of close. I mean, if you look at Southern Miss's first four games of the season, I mean, that's built for the, <laughs> that's, that's all really short trips. And you can do it all in, And right. you know, games are in Hattiesburg for all involved. You know, South Alabama, Jack State don't have to go far at all. Southern Miss going to, to Auburn is really not that bad. Now, I don't see the Liberty game happen in this season You know, at this point. That would probably well, be a tough one.
0: Let me ask you about that, though. You bring up Liberty. Liberty's an independent. So right. how does how does Brigham Young, Army, Liberty, and and Notre Dame, how do they have a football season if everybody decides to go this way?
2: It, it sounds like with Notre Dame, basically they would be looped into whatever the ACC was for, with. the ACC would, would give them the necessary uh, 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 schedule. So not, I'm not – Nobody needs to front for Notre Dame, uh, but Brigham Young, UMass, New Mexico State—it's uh, going to be difficult. I mean, I guess they could play each other twice a year, but I mean, they can't. Tra- I mean, why would Br- Brigham Young want to go to UConn, or, or I guess is Yukon I guess UConn's out of the conference, out of the American this year. So yeah, I mean, it's it's really an impossible thing for the uh, the independent schools. I mean, I would guess at this point to where they're thinking, well, let's let's hope we can play some football games in the spring
1: it's just crazy it's just better up in the mountains isn't it patrick you don't have to worry about all this stuff up in the heart of the mountains
2: oh it was yeah i didn't worry about much of nothing up there and that was nice and everybody everybody it was i guarantee 80 percent of people wearing masks i was really surprised right uh they, they're taking it uh seriously at least in that corner of arkansas right uh but yeah arkansas was nice and uh not a whole lot to worry about
1: people wearing masks on the coast
2: uh, yeah, I haven't been there in about nine, ten days just I because I've uh, been yeah. bouncing around, but I know they're mandated now in Jackson and Harrison counties. They, they're going to, whenever, I think, starting on Monday, if you're out in public or out of business, you've got to be wearing a mask.
1: Right. I think they've done that now in 13 counties, apparently a big outbreak right. up in the Delta as well. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a mess. Well, we're glad you're back, Patrick. We're glad you had a good break, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the show on a regular basis again.
2: Okay, hopefully we'll talk about some good news next
1: week. I hope so, Patrick. Patrick McGee, everybody. The professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Our go-to guy, Luke. Always enjoy conversations with Patrick, and uh, he's a great source for the
0: program. Reasonable voice in uncertain times. Always enjoy it. We'll be back.
1: To the top.
0: Back on a Friday third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 895 Lunch every single day, and that includes a drink. You can go on their Facebook page and find out what today's entree is, and it's always the home of the 1987 Casey Fisher NIT poster <laughs> as well as tons of Southern Miss memorabilia. Four Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. When you think about Southern Miss football and you think about the all-time greats, uh, one of those positions that is first and foremost in, in our minds is, is linebacker. You think about all the great linebackers that have donned the black and gold, Rod Davis, Clump Taylor, Marshant Kenny, Onesimus Henry, so many guys that uh, I played with, Michael Boley, uh, Gerald McGrath. Uh, today we're honored to have one of uh, the greatest linebackers in Southern Miss history, Ronnie Thornton, fifth all-time in assisted tackles of 2011. Team captain, played for the Golden Eagles from 08 uh, to 2011, and he joins us now. Ronnie, how's your Friday going?
3: You know what? My, my Friday's going pretty good, man. Today's actually my birthday. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Today's actually my birthday, so, you know, uh, the family, you know, they, they're taking care of me pretty good.
0: <laughs> well, happy birthday to you, and uh, we hope that, that uh, allowing uh, our fans to hear from you is a treat for them as well as you. You know, when you hear about that, and I'm sure coming in, you were from Miami. Um, um, I'm sure even down in, in Miami, when during the recruiting process, you understood what it meant to play not only southern miss defense but linebacker at southern miss
3: of course um uh when when i got to um when when i originally got to southern miss it was it was one of those things i mean while you know i I took pride in playing a position in high school um just the 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 guys that that i was able to uh to to come in after and kind of watch and um and and learn from um i mean they they definitely raised my my standard it was just something that 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 i realized that i had to 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 get get going i mean to you know to survive i mean because it it was such a rich tradition um of of that particular position so it it was exciting
0: you came out of uh, miami uh Miami Killian High School at the bottom of the United States uh, was Southern Miss on the radar and and talk talk to our listeners through. you had a unique opportunity um you, you gray shirted in 7 you started in in the spring of 08 how did you get to Southern Miss from Miami
3: well you know what um through throughout my high school recruiting process um uh southern miss southern miss wasn't they 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 weren't one of my one of the schools that were interested in me to be honest um i, I fell into uh uh academic issues early in my my uh, my plan career and um and you know academically i just come signed a um, two thousand seven i i didn't have the academic requirements to sign um and so what what I did was I, I actually I um I transferred schools I, I transferred schools to you know to, to to um to get myself eligible um to get myself academically eligible um you know uh, once once I took care of took care of my academic part um uh, the the school that I that I actually transferred to um there was a um, a lady there. there there was a teacher there who who helped me um substantially I, I still have a relationship with her to this day um Natalie Conde. Natalie Conde, she, you know, she she's already reached out to me for my birthday already today. I mean, great relationship with her. She she helped me um during that during that uh that recruiting process and, and uh Southern Miss came on. Um they had a um, I believe the, I, I can't I can't remember his first name, but I remember his last name was Sanders. It might have been Ronnie Sanders. Um if I'm not it mistaken. It was Ronnie. Um,
0: yeah, it was Ronnie.
3: Yeah, so so he he, you know, uh, we got in contact with him and he, he linked me with Coach Tate at the time, who, who was one of the, um, who was one of the coaches at Southern Miss. And I mean, the rest was history from there. Um, I mean, they bought me in in 2007, um, the summer of 2007. Um, and then, you know, uh, throughout, throughout the course of the summer, doing really well academically, um, uh, just, just any environment, just kind of living it and doing that. And, and, you know, towards the end of the summer, um, Coach Bauer, he calls me in the office and he's like, you know, um scholarships didn't align, how how uh how we wanted him, how we wanted them to originally and so he gave me some options. He gave me some options. Um so sitting in his office, I mean the options were I mean I could stay uh up in Hattiesburg um and, and take out a loan or, you know, uh, he gave me some options to stay and I chose to I chose to go home. Um, but he he guaranteed a scholarship to me uh, in, in in fall of 2008, and uh, I mean obviously during that time there was a coaching change, but you know Coach Fedora and his staff uh, they they honored they honored the scholarship to me, and I mean the rest was history.
1: You know, Ronnie, I found what you said so interesting. You said this lady had played such a big role in your life and helped you academically, and she's reached out to you on your birthday. how how much of that you think fans ever see that these there are these people behind the scenes that are so important to the development of an athlete like you
3: definitely definitely um you know what that's that's actually uh why why i'm into coaching now um i mean there's you know obviously the the athletes they you know they they perform and you know they perform under the lights and do what they what they need to do out on the field but Rest assured, um, you know there's there's always always somebody in their corner, just you know, kind of helping them out. And and those people don't get enough glory. I mean, those people, they do it from the from the kindness and genuinen- genuineness of their hearts. And so, you know, um, uh, I mean, I would imagine that you know, behind behind uh, every great athlete, there there are stories like that where people just you know just 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 want to help out, just you know, just kind of give back. And I mean, the only thing that that she asked me to do was pay it forward. And so you know, that's, that's actually what, what kind of led me to coaching. I mean, it was, it was just a – it's a wonderful feeling. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling to, to be on the receiving end of that and then now as a coach, um, you know, just kind of giving my blessings and giving my wisdom and knowledge and support to, to, um, to the, younger, the younger generations.
1: And she reached out to you today to wish you happy birthday.
3: You better believe it. Every year, every year. I call her – I call her every Mother's Day. She calls me every Father's Day, and, and she reaches out to me on my birthday. That is awesome.
1: That that's just yeah. awesome, man. I, that's yeah. the, that's the best thing I've, I've heard uh, all week. And uh, what's been a pretty gloomy week of uh, of talking about okay. sport, Ronnie? Are you coaching high school ball now?
3: Right now, yes, I'm. I'm coaching at, uh, at Homestead at Homestead Senior High School. So what uh, the, down in South Florida,
1: what is what is the status of of high school ball in your neck of the woods? You think you guys are going to play?
3: Uh, you know what? We we I mean, like like anyone else around the country, man. I mean, we're, we're hopeful. Uh, we're hopeful that we will play. But you know, as a parent, um, you know, I mean, I, I understand the, the concerns that that parents may have. I mean, I, at this point, uh, we're we're in the in the deciding stages where, you know, um, parents are, are going to choose which, which option, whether they want to do the virtual option or they want to, you know, have their kids in school and things like that, and so. Um but as a parent, I mean I, I, I we completely get that and we, we understand and we support it. I mean whatever decision it is uh that, that parents wanna make with their children because I'm a parent too. I have an eleven year old son and, 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 and I understand the, the concerns that come with it. So we it isn't, you know, something that, that we just wanna uh push on our parents or, or student athletes or anything like that. I mean the only thing that we can do is is, is just kinda be hopeful and and you know, just kinda play it by ear. All
1: right, Luke. <laughs>
0: Ronnie, your uh, your career, you started with Coach Fedora and then rode with him the whole time. Uh, man, it was a, a fun time, I think, about the 2009 Virginia game. You guys came back. But I'm you're kind of glad that Coach Bauer gave you options because you were allowed to be on that 2011 conference championship season. You're a, a senior captain. I'm looking at the captains on that team, Austin Davis, Cordero Law, Larry Holmes on that team, um, uh, Danny Ratman, and, and You're one of the team captains. I was a team captain my senior year. You look back at that 11 team and even the 10 team because we had a, a really good team uh, that year too, pulled off the upset down at Central Florida. Man, it was a sweet time to, to be a Golden Eagle during that time.
3: Listen, it, it really was. It it really was. Um it's it's one of those things that uh, I, I find myself diving back into old stories, um, with, with some of my players now. I mean, just just give just having that ability to relate to some of the things that, that they're uh going through as high school athletes and things like that. But but no, I mean you're you're absolutely right. Um that, that two thousand eleven team was, was definitely special. Um I mean, up to that point, I mean, I, it, there was so much um, growing up on my behalf, and 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 um, just just growing together as teammates, and and just you know just kind of getting out there together, summer workouts. Um, Paul Jackson, Paul Jackson, uh, this, this strength and conditioning coach, uh, he, you know, he he was a a, a a really big staple in in that 2011 year as well. Just you know, just implementing the philosophies that he did. Uh, he was our strength coach at that time, um, but. The the guys, man. I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know where to start. I mean, you are talking about brotherhood and, and just kind of getting out there, man. Iron sharpens iron. I mean, this is our senior year. Um, I remember we we had a um, we had a team meeting, a senior meeting. We had a, a senior meeting, and you know, just obviously, just realizing that that this will be our last year playing together. Um, I mean, the the, the nucleus of us has had stuck together um from freshman year to that point and we we actually had a um a senior meeting where where we wanted to develop an epitaph i mean the, the theme was the theme was you know what what was your epitaph going to be um and you know obviously the epitaph is uh, is what they put on your tombstone um right. when when you pass away you know what i mean so so for us it was you know um just just kind of being selfless. And, and just kind of playing together and bonding together and, and, and getting after it, man. And and, uh, hey, and we had pretty good results. We, we had pretty good results. Ronnie, so, it was a hey, good
1: time. Great conversation, uh, Ronnie. Unfortunately, we're out of time, man. I want to thank you. So happy to see that life's good for you with a family and a coaching job in Florida. We thank you for your time, brother.
3: Thanks for having me. Thanks uh, for having me. Well, me it happy birthday. Yeah, happy thank birthday. You, thank you so much.
1: You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
0: Toyota of Hattiesburg brings you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Also online, toyotahattiesburg.com. You can search their entire inventory. New, pre-owned, and certified vehicles. Toyota of Hattiesburg. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. couple news and notes. Men's basketball, you have chosen uh, the All Decade team announced this morning, uh, finding the way, the starting five on the all time uh, men's basketball All Decade team, I should say. Cortez Edwards, Gary Flowers, Tyree Griffin, Neil Watson, and Ladavius Drain. So uh, pretty cool. You can go onto the website and See each one of those numbers of uh, each one of those guys. Southern Miss uh, women's golfer, senior golfer, Julie Baker, wins the 88th Alabama Women's State Amateur title. The last uh, three days held at the Huntsford Country Club. So she goes back to her home state and uh, wins the state amateur title. And congratulations to Julie Baker uh, for that. And John Stewart naming a new track and field throws coach. Jillian Russian, who had an outstanding career at the University of Missouri. She was a five-time All-American in the shot put. Wow. I, I'll I, if if I need bodyguards, dude. If you're, I don't care who you are, what size you are. You're five time All American the shot put. Yeah. So uh, John Stewart <laughs> hires Jillian Russian. She was a two time SEC champion and a five time All SEC number two in Mizzou history in indoor outdoor shot put. Welcome to the Golden Eagles, Jillian Russian, the new track and field throwing coach. Uh, Bob, I was going back and I was looking at that 2011 captains and five captains Austin Davis, Lamar Holmes, Danny Ratman, Cordero Law and Ronnie Thornton. Ronnie um other than Austin but specifically in his position uh top 5 that that really the others weren't. But Austin NFL Seattle Seahawks Quarterback coach Lamar Holmes, a CFL Canadian football league veteran. Danny Ratman got hosed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Should have been kicking for the Steelers. No question. Perfect. He was a, a Lou Groza finalist and Cordero Law still playing in the CFL. You talk about some elite talent that Larry Fedora was able to bring in and, and just, you know, Ronnie's a perfect example too. He came in under coach Bauer, recruited by Ronnie Sanders and, and Fred Tate. Pretty amazing uh, when you think about that. Just unfortunate that the next year happened in Southern Miss football. Right.
1: You know, we were talking yesterday about Damian Fletcher and uh, how he doesn't often come up in the conversation of the greatest running back. You know, I think to a degree the same thing can be said with Austin Davis. I mean, you always think of Brett Favre and you always think of Reggie Collier, of course, when you think of uh, of football players that play quarterback here. But – You know, Luke, I think that Austin Davis not only was about as good a college quarterback as you'll ever see, but Austin Davis proved he could play at the next level as well. Austin Davis ought to be right there, in my view, uh, you know, in the same category as a Brett Favre or Reggie Collier.
0: He is. I mean, statistically, he and it's a different age and different time. I get that. Um, But, but you not only look at what those guys did, you look at what they did for their team. So Austin Davis wins twelve games his senior year. I mean that, that for Southern Miss quarterback, it never happened. You know, um, Reggie got us in the top ten. Brett defeated the number one. Brett kind of uh, defeated Florida State and got us to a ten win season. But Austin, it was it was just a, a perfect uh, the, the way everything worked out. I mean Larry Fedora's offense fitted him perfectly. Austin's got a decent arm. I mean, he's got a strong arm, but he, he, you, you wouldn't say that Austin Davis has an elite arm. But his arm strength and his skill set, particularly his greatest strength, was we talked to uh, yesterday, we talked to Alex Michael, was when he stepped into that huddle, man, those guys would go to war with him. Those guys would follow him into battle. There was no question. It was the perfect player for the perfect system at the perfect time, and you saw what happened in 2011 as a result. Luke, are quarterbacks
1: seen differently on the football team than other players, or did, did you guys, uh, when you were playing, just your quarterback was just one of the guys?
0: Well, I mean, they, they are, but... Particularly, you know, for Dustin Allman and, and Mickey D'Angelo. Particularly, Dustin. It was awesome to see Dustin move into that role. You know, the the redemption in the '03 season, where he had a terrible night on ESPN, and then uh, he got benched. Then he came back, and he led us to a conference championship. There is just it's a it's a respect deal. Like, that's your quarterback. And so, whether people do it unconsciously or not, they're looking at him. They're, they're looking to see what he does. They're looking to see how, how he handles himself. And, and I think for the most part, guys understand that. And it was Dustin. We were five and five in that crazy Katrina year. We're going out to play Tulane. If we didn't win, Lauren wasn't going to get proposed to after the game. That's <laughs> and terrible. Dustin after coach Bauer sent the the team out, Dustin got all of us seniors, he took it on himself. He got us in a circle in the locker room and he talked to us like men and he said we're going to go out here and we're going to win it and he told us how much he loved us and, you know, 48 minutes later, uh we had a winning season. There you go. All right,
1: that wraps up the week. I want to thank D Bat and D One uh, Training Facilities for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. Quick reminder: that's uh, where you want to take your kids. D if you want to get their uh, softball baseball game improved for all athletes. Uh, D One is a state of the art facility. It's a Hardy Street. They're open and uh, it's available to you. That wraps up this week for Luke and I. We'll be back Monday, and uh, I don't know, Luke. I hope things have calmed down by then, but I'm not giving that good odds. How about you, brother? We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Hope you have a good weekend, everybody. Be safe, please. Enjoy your family. Enjoy the things that are important to you. Back uh, Monday at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top.
0: i like an eagle
3: to the
1: sea.